0: That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Today is Tuesday, June 1st, 2021. On this day in 1977, activist and Russian dissident Natan Sharonsky was charged with treason and espionage by a Soviet court. Natan made an enemy out of the KGB by fighting for the human rights of the oppressed Jewish community in Russia. Welcome to today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Today we're discussing the day a Soviet court charged human rights activist Natan Sharansky with treason and conspiring with Western intelligence. Let's go back to the USSR on June 1st, 1977, right in the midst of the Cold War. When the Soviet Kremlin charged Natan Sharansky with high treason and espionage, he knew he was in a fight for his life. In truth, he was only guilty of speaking out against tyranny, a police state, and Soviet oppression of the Jewish people, but now he faced a sentence that might condemn him to a decade inside one of the world's most hellish prison systems. Natan only had his two great loves to keep him going – his wife, Avital, and the game of chess. His mother, Ida, taught Natan chess when he was just five years old. He found that the board gave him the freedom to think for himself and plan his next moves. Ida reminded him that when he sacrificed a piece, he must always remember why he was doing it. Back then, Natan lived in the post-Stalin era in the Soviet Union. It was supposed to be a more enlightened time, but being Jewish was seen by their countrymen as a reason to hate and fear his family. Although they had each other, the Sharanskis felt isolated from the rest of the world, like lonely pawns at the far end of a chessboard. To fight back, Natan threw himself into his studies and chess. A prodigy in his teen years, he dreamed of becoming a grand master and perhaps one day the world champion. But after securing his home city's championship, Natan grew more interested in human rights activism. In 1973, 25-year-old Natan applied to emigrate to Israel. The Soviet government turned him down. They gave no explanation for the rejection, other than vaguely mentioning security threats. Crushed, Natan met other people in his situation, known as refuseniks. Many other Jewish men and women were inexplicably denied the right to emigrate. The KGB terrorized refuseniks, often pushing government employers to fire them. Many were forced to take menial jobs out of desperation, since in the USSR, joblessness earned you a trip to the gulags. After discovering that so many Russian Jews suffered in poverty, waiting years and decades for their emigration, Natan got involved in refusenik activism circles. With his excellent English, he helped spread the word overseas. It was a vital task, as many refuseniks survived on foreign charity. While fighting against institutional anti-Semitism in the fall of 1973, Natan met the love of his life, 24-year-old Avital Stieglitz. Their romance was immediate, and they married on July 4, 1974. But the newlyweds received heartbreaking news the very next day. Avital was granted passage to Israel, but Natan was barred from leaving the country. Knowing she might not get another chance to leave, Avital moved to Israel, while Natan promised to follow when he could. The KGB pressured Natan harder after that, forcing the young, sober dissident to spend countless nights in the prison drunk tank. Natan played the long game, making pawn sacrifices every now and then, but he always kept his true goal in mind, reuniting with Avital in Israel. But the dream of his homeland and wife came crashing down in 1977 when the KGB arrested Natan. On June 1st, they charged him with high treason and conspiring with American intelligence. Both were patently absurd. KGB agents interrogated him for days on end. They threatened him with a 15-year sentence in a Siberian labor camp and the possibility of being executed by a firing squad. But they claimed it didn't have to be that way. They could help him leave the country for Israel to be with his young wife. All they wanted was for Natan to help dismantle the Jewish emigration movement. Faced with either death or betraying his people, Natan held his tongue. He finally spoke his mind on July 14, 1978, at the end of his show trial. Natan addressed his wife, Avital, miles and miles away. He said he was happy to be going to jail, because in refusing to cooperate with the KGB, he proved that he was truly free. He made a promise next year in Jerusalem. Then, turning to the court, Natan declared, to you, I have nothing to say. He was sentenced to 13 years of imprisonment. Soon after his speech, he was sent to a Moscow prison where he spent 16 months in a windowless cell. He spent 400 days in solitary confinement and many days and nights in a punishment cell. He was sentenced to 13 years, and after just 16 months in the Moscow prison, his health was in tatters. Things went from bad to worse when Natan was transferred to an infamous Siberian prison. He was starting to believe he might not make it to Jerusalem after all. Coming up, love and chess rescue Natan Sharansky. The worst serial killer, the creepiest cult, the most outrageous con? If you're a true crime fan, you've probably pondered these things. Well, now you can get answers, or at least some passionate opinions. Every week on our podcast, Crime Countdown, my co-host Ash and I rank 10 unsettling crimes centered around a common theme, debating each case with just a hint of humor to lighten the mood. Elena and I may not be experts, and we may not always agree, but we're counting down anyway. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Crime Countdown. Listen free on Spotify. Now back to the story. On June 1, 1977, Jewish rights activist and dissident Natan Sharansky was charged with high treason and espionage in the USSR. Though the accusations were phony, the Soviet Union wanted to make an example of him due to his role as spokesperson for oppressed Russian Jews. The Siberian gulag he was sent to, Perm 35, could break or kill anyone in months. Natan faced years of hard labor under harsh conditions. With his body and mind deteriorating, Natan focused on the two lifelines pulling him through the freezing hell. The jailers thought Natan had gone crazy when he started shushing them in his cell. He claimed he needed to concentrate on his chess match. Although the place was completely empty and he was barred from even reading or writing, he imagined all 64 squares. In his head, he moved both white and black pieces himself, solving chess problems and running entire imaginary games. By his own estimation, Natan played thousands of matches. Every single move required deep concentration and incredible foresight. Chess kept him sane and focused. And while he survived in the gulag, his wife, Avital, traveled the world, campaigning tirelessly to free her husband. More than anywhere else, she found the greatest support for her cause in the United States. In 1984, she secured a spot in a meet-and-greet with Ronald Reagan. On December 10th, Reagan's aides instructed her to simply shake his hand and move on, Avital's orthodoxy discouraged women from shaking hands with men. But when Reagan came down the line of fellow human rights activists, she eagerly seized his hand, pulled him close, and begged to speak with him. President Reagan eventually organized a prisoner swap with Soviet President Mikhail Gorbachev. Natan Sharansky would walk the infamous Bridge of Spies that crossed the Iron Curtain. On February 11, 1986, a KGB agent pointed across the empty Glenica Bridge, where so many Cold War agents had crossed before. He ordered 38-year-old Natan to cross the bridge in a straight line until he reached the Western officers on the other side. Natan, unbroken even after nine years of gulag torture, defied the KGB to the end. He crossed the bridge in a zigzag. When he was finally reunited with his wife after spending an impossible 12 years apart, Nathan's first words referenced his promise to meet her in Jerusalem one day. He said he was sorry he was late. Triumphant and full of love, the couple finally traveled to Israel together. With her mission accomplished, Avital retreated from the public spotlight to raise their two daughters. To this day, she still lectures on Jewish studies. Natan, meanwhile, entered Israeli politics. He served several minister roles before withdrawing from government positions in 2005. His greatest success was in helping Russian Jews, the refusenik, to emigrate into Israel. At first, he set a humble goal of 400,000 immigrants, but to his surprise, over the next 20 years, nearly a million came to the state of Israel. Many were doctors, engineers, researchers, and scientists who had been prevented from practicing their trade in Soviet Russia. Despite his many responsibilities, Natan still plays chess, Although he never attained grandmaster status, in 1996, he defeated the Russian world chess champion, 33-year-old Garry Kasparov. Despite the heated history, the showdown was far from antagonistic. Kasparov himself has Jewish heritage and was visiting Israel to establish a chess academy. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from ParCast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Paul Liebeskin, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Daniel William Gonzalez, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Amber Hurley. I'm Vanessa Richardson.